Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Hope you're doing well. This episode is a cool one. It's featuring five different voices of some beautiful human beings that I have in my life. Uh, and it's a chance to hear the variance in experience of, of COVID-19 and the changes that we've all had in our lives. Um, for those of us living in North America, the Western part of this, um, it's a cool, cool conversation you'll hear here. And I, and I found a lot of solace in having these conversations and editing this episode uh, and finding myself in their experiences and finding the commonalities and and the beauty and the differences. And so um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you find some comfort uh, and connection in in their stories. Um, And I'm just so grateful for you. I hope you're doing well out there. Um, Sink into this one, okay? This is kind of a, a funny cool episode it took a lot to edit and is really challenging for me and i'm grateful for the chance to do it so uh here you go let's jam out welcome to the garden To be honest, I, I, I had uh, suffered a concussion in December and had been dealing with um, some of the impacts from that that were still ongoing, even though I hadn't quite known that they were still there. Um, and uh, that, you know, that caused some uh, anxiety and, uh, you know, headaches and that kind of thing. And, um, and so actually, at first, I found the slowdown very helpful. Um, it, it allowed me time to uh, focus more on, on myself and, and my, my, my health and my well-being. And uh, that helped me get to a place where um, I had a, a bit more time built into my day uh, to do that. Um, after a while, it shifted and, you know, I still had that, that routine that I was building. But, uh, you know, started, like many of us, miss that human connection. Um, and of course, I'm, uh, I, I have a lot of privilege in that my job and my, my paychecks have continued for the most part. Um, and so I've, I've, that gives me this, the economic security to be able to focus on those things at this time when so many other people aren't able to. So I'm not like wondering kind of where to be, which has been something that I historically am always wondering, like where am I supposed to be living? And right now I'm like really feeling solid where I am. Um, but I think because I had my depression last year, I gathered all of these tools for coping and my life like in COVID kind of looks similar. <laughs> and so at first I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I have all the tools necessary for coping with this. Um, so in that respect, I'm almost, I'm really grateful for the depression. The biggest challenge that I've been facing personally right now is this disconnect that I feel, uh, no longer having a, a shared experience with those around me. And what I mean by this is when I first arrived back to Canada from uh, Bali, where I've been living for the past two and a half years, I felt really connected to those around me in the sense that we were all in quarantine, we were all uncertain, we were all scared. and. Um, yeah, just kind of waiting on what what might happen next and 
that was the shared experience that made me feel connected with those around me. And what I'm facing now is while Canada is reopening and getting back into more of a sense of um, reintegration with businesses, with seeing friends and family that are not in our closest circle and just really the, the slow reopening that's taking place actually has me feeling um, a little bit more sad, a little bit more frustrated that I don't know when international flights are going to resume. I don't know when I'm going to be able to see my partner who is currently in the Netherlands. Um, so yeah, really this feeling that um, I'm still really uncertain and I, I don't know what's going to happen next. I think it should be noted that I am. We found out right before spring break that things would probably be a little bit different, that this was not just a, a problem that was kind of contained to specific geographic regions, but due to our globalized nature that it was spreading all over and it was probably coming to Canada, so we would have to take some precautions. We were told right before spring break for us that it was quite possible we would not be opening uh, after spring break. My administration kind of did a lot of work figuring out what that might look like, but kindly allowed us teachers to kind of have a bit of a break, which is definitely necessary. It takes a lot of brain energy to be a teacher. You know, at the best of times, I think I could be a little um, negligent with uh, my mental health overall. Um, in terms of really figuring out just what's going on with me, um, like everyone else, um, trying to trying to live and work in Vancouver, there's a definite amount, definite um, baseline amount of stress there and anxiety uh, until like the last week. <laughs> it's just like kind of weird to think is that I've had so much anxiety about. Um, needing to be busy or needing to be productive um, I think has been kind of the main the main thing that was amplified throughout all this where just that that need where it's like hey like find a project so that on the other side you can you can come out swing in and you'll be ready to go and it was just kind of like nah man this is this is bad <laughs> like uh, this like full body anxiety like for me it shows up as morning anxiety um, and then it just is debilitating so it's a, a really familiar symptom in terms of my depression uh, and it was something that it's like the one part symptom of the depression that I was it was really hard for to accept while I was in it I was like oh, I don't want to feel this because it really blocks me from processing any of the feelings that are underneath it Yeah, I, I've been calling it the COVID blues. Um, and it, it sort of just, for me, it, it comes on and some days I wake up and I'm fine. And I, you know, I, I can live with the state of the world and the precarity of it um, and still go through my day in a way where I feel uh, well and present. And other days it, it does, like you use the word dread and, and that, that, that sits with me, I think. Um, you know, some days I just wake up with it, and in other days I actually I've had some trouble sleeping, um, and and that's that's often when my brain really races is at night, and 
Um, so I, I definitely relate to that. It's interesting. Some of my anxiety that's been coming back up has been, uh, for the first time, I, I felt like I didn't predict this. And it's not like I'm not psychic. I don't predict anything. But like, usually I have enough of a, an understanding of patterns and history and stories that I'm able to uh, kind of guess where things are going. And COVID kind of like uh, pulled the rug up from under me a little bit. I was like, oh, this wasn't something that was on my radar. Uh, and so I think uh, that happened for most of us. Um, I, for me, physical exercise is, is very key uh, to my mental health and well-being. And, and so I've been trying to make sure that I, I'm outside moving my body as much as possible. Um, it's definitely harder for me on days when the weather isn't nice. Um, at the beginning of the quarantine, we had a, many very nice days in a row where it was sunny and it was warm. And, uh, you know, to, to me, that means I can be outside. I can even work outside. I can do whatever I need to outside. Um, and that really helps my, my mental health and, and helps fight off that sense of dread. Uh, and then when there's a day when maybe it's rainy and cold and uh, get cooped up and, and there's nowhere to go uh, to avoid those thoughts of dread, which are uh, really, I think, born of an empathy for the state of the world and all of the suffering that is uh, going on right now. So I, I don't think that sense of dread isn't rooted in reality. I think that is uh, sitting with the realness of, of the situation that we're, we're facing right now. a virtual connection is important for our mental health right now but there's like a downside to that and for me it was that I just became overly available to everybody else and and stopped being available to myself and uh, I couldn't access yeah my inner quiet that, that like place that I need and so <laughs> I just like started to really set boundaries with people last week uh, and ask for space right now um, so that I don't, so that I can navigate that obligation that I was feeling to pick up the phone or respond within like five minutes kind of thing. Um, because it was just pulling me out of the work that I feel I called to do at this time. I think the survival the survival guide point one would be, yeah, just be as social as you can manage. Um, I think it's important to still talk to people and to hear other people's voices. Because um, when you're able to do that every so often, it's great. But also don't like let the separation and the anxiety drive you into being so social that you're just like burning yourself out. On the flip side, what has been helpful for me in terms of um, yeah, managing this challenge that, that I've been experiencing is really looking for the deeper lesson or the, 
the meaning behind why I feel this is being presented to me and ultimately I'm seeing this as my work to be happy or to be feeling content wherever I am no matter if that's in a place that I want to be or don't want to be, just to be able to be so content within myself, um, no matter the external circumstances, no matter the surroundings, and just to find that sense of home or stability within myself. Um, and so in order to access that, um, I've been, yeah, filling my time with reading, with podcasts, with journaling, with deep contemplation, and throwing myself into new projects um, where, yeah, I get to let my creativity go and get lost in the flow of, of these new activities. It was more apparent than ever that schools are kind of very important nodes in the community and that we would have to do a lot of additional work outside of our usual um, hours of education to try to support the community and our families and our students in different ways that they might need. Uh, so basically it was just full steam ahead. Um, try to do as much as possible in the amount of time given and just have some sort of structure ready to go right out of the gates and try to mini minimize the disruption as much as possible. Um, so that meant gathering as many resources as possible. Things in the States were a little bit ahead of us, so some members of the Montessori community had already started pulling together different resources and were super kind and generous about sharing that on social media and through different uh, kind of email chains. Like, here's a bunch of resources that we have identified as kind of worthwhile. It's The whole technology thing is just a total antithesis to what we do in the classroom. We're very much non-technological all of our hand, our materials are very um, physically manipulated and um, have nothing to do with screens or whatever so we kind of had to concede that point and realize that there is a lot of good education to be had in an online sort of way and we just had to parse out what would be useful for people um, because there's so much out there the internet is obviously an ocean of uh, information of varying levels of usefulness. Yeah, one of the things that I've been really focused on uh, for myself personally is uh, making sure that I'm paying attention to my creative practice. Um, you know, my life uh, in terms of city council and activism uh, you know, a lot of it is spent on, on computers. It is spent looking at things from bird's eye view uh, and, and then trying to bring that down to the micro of how we can create small changes on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but also knowing that that work uh, needs to be sustained by a foundation of, of personal health and well-being. And for me, part of that is creativity and, and uh, my outlet is poetry. And so... I've actually found that through this uh, time, I've, I've come back to writing poems, which has been very valuable to myself and trying to create just changes in my day-to-day -day landscape that allow me to continue uh, to be writing and investing uh, and showing up for myself um, so that I can continue showing up uh, for others and the broader struggle. And so one of the things that this has allowed me to do is 
uh, take an online poetry class. I've never taken a poetry class. I've taught them before, but I've never taken one. And um, with with a poet, uh, John Sands, who lives in New York, and that opportunity wouldn't have been available to me um, prior to this. What the really nice thing has been, has been like, hey man, like, I do not miss the business side of anything at all. Like, what I, it's been a nice thing to actually know that at the end of the day, what I really miss is just the, the art and the craft um, of, you know, acting or, or any of these um, artistic pursuits. Uh, I've done a lot of work with marine protected areas. And so to like actually think about my body as this marine protected area um, of like the spillover effect where like for my mental health right now, in order for me to show up in a meaningful way for the world because we're all in this together, I need to uh, set these boundaries and these like uh, protective layers around my own being so that you know like all, all the beautiful fish uh, can uh, come back to life within me and then spill over and I can then start giving again from that really generous and authentic place instead of the giving muscle that is just hard to stop go easy on yourself man you're going like we're going through uh, we're going through a hell of a time right now um, and as much as I can be like, yeah, this is okay. I think there's definitely a level where you're just going, oh my gosh, this is, this is happening. This is still happening every morning that I'm waking up. Um, uh, our school decided that the priority was trying to keep uh, an emotional connection and attachment and just let the families and the children know that we were there for them. Um, so we, I think we were at maybe eight hours of Zoom calls a week which isn't that much over the course of the week, but I usually don't have to spend that much time on the computer at all. And it definitely kind of got to me. Uh, it affected my sleep patterns. Normally I'll just like sleep all the way through. I was waking up basically every day uh, in the middle of the night, like three or four in the morning and having trouble getting back to sleep. And I think it was just like that blue light or whatever beaming into my eyeballs. Um, and I think, you know, like stress can kind of seep in in unexpected ways. I don't know that I have uh, advice um, except for just the recognition that, that there's, no, there's no playbook for this. There's no way to get through this individually that um, is known, that all of us are uh, struggling in different ways and um, you know, I, I feel like I experienced that a little bit with my concussion a few months back um, when I couldn't get out of bed really for weeks and didn't leave the house for weeks. Um, and that was prior to this quarantine. So I had uh, a bit of that experience where it was a, it was a, both a physical and mental inability to uh, do anything except for survive and heal. And that is a process that I, I know um, a lot of people are, are going through. And I, I talk to people on a daily basis, loved ones who are um, having that experience. And just 
knowing that um, that is all that is the only job right now is getting through this and that um, just much respect uh, for for try, getting up and trying every day and that's that's all we can really do is have empathy for ourselves and empathy for uh, for all those around us and knowing that uh, we are uh, in this together Hugging trees has actually been like a, a godsend at the moment. Um, and yeah, <laughs> connecting to nature at, at the risk of sounding like many of the other people, I feel like that is the most important thing that we could be doing right now because yeah, we don't have to social distance from the birds and the trees. And uh... I was also super fortunate to have my partner instead of me going to visit her she ended up coming here and uh staying with me so that was just such a blessing to have during the kind of whole lockdown situation um i realize a lot of other people if you're like stuck by yourself if you're stuck with people you don't enjoy spending time with and it could be super challenging but i was very fortunate to be with somebody who i love with my whole heart so we had kitchen dance parties, set up talent shows for us and our housemates, um, just planned all sorts of projects, and we're doing daily meditation and um, trying to be as kind of intentional and um, focused on what, who we wanted to be for, for these times and for the future um, to try to do as much good as we could. I think it definitely has given um, me a bit of perspective on, um, you know, what to what to get um, agitated about on the other side, and what to uh, what to stick up for, and what to um, just to kind of keep following through on what my beliefs are, and maybe doing more to realize um, the change that I think we're we're starting to see. Um, that should come out of this. I'm wishing everybody on this path so much love and light and all the best. Thank you. The major thing that I've learned through this process in terms of uh, the systems that are at play uh, is that there's no inevitability to them. And, and that means that uh, we can change as fast as we need to change. Um, with a collective effort to create that change. And if we can do that for a, a pandemic, that means we can also do it uh, when we're tackling the climate crisis, when we're tackling the crisis of opioid deaths or homelessness. And uh, that's been really what has been stri uh, striking for me is that we hopefully have awoke to the idea that none of this is inevitable. They are human systems. There are human created problems that we have the solutions for. And we've now shown that we can garner the momentum to create the change we need. And uh, so there is also a hope that has arisen in me through this, uh, just seeing that we have uh, decided to act collectively and that we have proven that we have the ability to do so. And I look forward uh, to uh, the discussions of what a recovery from this pandemic and the uh, associated economic crises can look like. What is a, a, a just 
recovery that is rooted in ecological and social justice look like? And starting to have those conversations with community members. And that to me has been uh, something that has been inspiring and something that has fought off that sense of dread that we discussed.